If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where two and sometimes three and sometimes even four film fans watch the best and worst horror movies and talk about them. But today is something a little bit different. It's a special bonus ode. Uh, yes, we're still trying to make that a thing um, with a special guest discussing discussing a very special game. Uh, my name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host Andy Conduit Turner. Hello. Hello, and the guest in question is an actress, game enthusiast, and co-host of the superb gaming podcast, My Turn. It's Gem Carmella. Hello. Hello. Hi there. I was waiting for you to uh, introduce the podcast that's hosted by bearded uh, horror fans. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I I've, I've stopped a beard sa- on. I've stopped saying that. When, <laughs> when people without a beard, especially people listen to the audio version, you want to get your typecast, Gem. Like, no. right. Need a bearded woman for this film. <laughs> I mean, so, I can have a beard if the roll calls for it. I'm that versatile. It's fine. I feel like our, be- here, our beards are less and less prominent as the years go on as well. I think when me and Luke started it, we were both quite bearded. I think now very well kept. Especially you, Andy. You're trimmed right down. Yeah. Looking yeah, suave. Very trimmed. Very trimmed. Very nice. I think like big beards got into the got into the fashion of it, didn't it? And I just like, well. Mm. There we go. Is it like a lot of maintenance? No. A beard. Just like moisturizing. I mean, you kind of have to. Do if it gets long. And that's why I don't like literally any time, any like if you like, you're at risk. If you leave it too long, it starts to get Mm. long. You've either got to moisturize or you're at risk of getting puby. And no one wants that. No one wants that that about their face. No, they don't. um, No. Yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, right. See, yeah, it always looks like a lot. Of work. Like my husband cultivated quite a beard during lockdown. It looked like a lot of work. He spent a lot of time doing things to maintain like it. I never quite get used to it. It always feels like something's like extra on my face. I always like pick big holes in it, just just fiddling with it. Oh, don't do that. I can't oh, yeah, help if it. Watch, if you're watching the streams, guys, you can tell how stressful a week I've had by how many <laughs> holes I've picked in a beard. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so so we're gonna be doing 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, Andy! Oh, this it's is... just great, great beer chat at the top. Yeah, of yeah. Head. Wish, wish I was joking. <laughs> so we're not going to be talking about beards today. We're going to be talking about um, a game, a game that yeah. we've all got like different uh, relationships with. I know Andy's been there. He's been an OG from the start. I think Jem's played both versions of it. I've only mm-hmm. come into it. I've only come into it since the remaster version. Um, obviously, as a game review. We haven't really done many of these specific episodes, but I think we would like to do more. Not so. since Soma, I think, was the last time we talked about games. Yeah, so I think we did an episode where we spoke about games, like horror in games. Um, and mm. We discussed yeah. Soma. I think we discussed some Resident Evil, some other stuff. But to do specific episodes where we tackle specific games and kind of treat it as a review episode is not something we've done before. So this should be fun. Uh, yeah, so today yeah. we're talking about Alan Wake Remastered. How exciting. Uh, (laughs) So I could do a quick little thing about Alan Wake, just so everyone's up to speed. Uh, Alan Wake is an action-adventure game developed by Remedy Entertainment and published by Microsoft Studios, released for the Xbox 360 in May 2010. Bloody hell. 12 12 years ago. I knew you said 20 years ago then. What? 12 years ago. Uh, And Alan Wake Remastered was released in September 2021. Um so yeah, you you both played this when it was originally released in mm-hmm. 2010. Uh, yeah, I didn't because I've never owned an Xbox, and I think it was just on the <gasps> just was, on yeah. the Xbox. It so, it was, um, but I saw bits and bobs of it. I was familiar with it in a way, but her start. I guess Jen, what was it? When was the first time you played this? Then was it back in yeah, 2010? Just. just cunningly adjusting my mic which is just moving on its own and it's possessed it's possessed <laughs> oh, by God. the darkness my goodness the Shine a torch on shame it. Are <laughs> spilling over get a torch on um, it quick so my yeah my history of alleyway well basically i grew up playing nintendos and sega consoles only and uh, then my housemate got a 360 and that that having that 360 was my first relationship i'd say with what I call grown-up games because mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like I've just had a background of like Nintendo and Sega IP so I was like oh what scary stuff grown-up stories drama what <laughs> um <laughs> what I'm not playing a cute little plumber um Alawake's <laughs> cute Alawake's cute uh, I, will get I, like his, that. I like his jacket we will get onto that. Um, but I remember uh, Tim, my housemate then, who is also one of the co-hosts on My Turn podcast with me, basically my, my non-biological brother. He um, he was like, oh, this game's really cool. You'd love this. It's kind of it's kind of like Stephen King, but a game. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that sounds weird. Um, and I started playing it and the prologue, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about a bit, that prologue is so captivating that you're just in the game straight away. It doesn't hold your hands with sort of contextualizing anything. You're just like, I'm having a nightmare. Here, here is the nightmare. <laughs> now you're playing the nightmare. Go, go, go. You're slow. living it. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being absolutely hooked. But because of my history of playing what I call baby games, um, I got <laughs> to a point in the game, probably about two uh, two thirds of the way through, where I was like, this is too hard. And also I was too scared. Um, and this was a long time ago, people. This was 2010, I'm much braver now. But yeah, I <laughs> always remember thinking, I love that game so much. And I think I played a little bit of the DLC as well and just sort of 
dipped in and out like I was the kind of person who'd maybe play a level of something and then be like oh I don't know like I'm gonna go out and get drunk I'm not gonna sit and play through a game so (laughs) yeah I had a social life then those are the choices you've got (laughs) stay in play Alan Wake go out get drunk I was in my 20s I didn't you know there wasn't really the culture of just sit at your computer all the day all the day long so um (laughs) I, I always remember it. I remember loving it. I remember it really well. Like I had a really mm-hmm. good memory of the story and the characters, but I didn't quite finish it. And so when Remastered was announced, I was pumped. I was like, this is, this is it. Cause I'm a big grown up gamer now. I play yeah. big games. <laughs> <laughs> big grown up can, gamer and staying in it. is everything now. <laughs> staying in yeah, is a new going in. out. Jesus. Love staying, staying in. in. <laughs> exactly both those things so um yeah that's that's my relationship i'd I'd been like um a fan of remedy games so i played the max Payne games Mm. and i think whenever i saw anything of alan wake i was frustrated because it was only on xbox but whenever i saw it it reminded me like the nightmare sequences from max Payne. it looked like the similar in a vibe to sort of that and the game and the gameplay and the and everything looked fairly similar but yeah i could never I don't think I could have justified buying a new console just for Alan Wake um, mm. because I was never really that interested in other Xbox Xbox exclusive things like Halo. Um, so yeah, I never never ever bothered. So yeah, it's similar to you, Jen. When Remastered was was announced, I was like, finally, I'm going to be able to play this. And as soon as they said it was on PlayStation, I fist I fist pumped. I was happy. Um, it's good to get to catch up on it because it is like a like a really good touchstone of, of games i think particularly for this particular genre but we'll come to that i'm sure i mentioned yeah, like it's stephen king stephen king that was kind of the vibe I, I always got it looked like stephen king in an action horror game i yeah. guess yeah also reminds me so much of twin peaks like i yeah. feel like i'm yes. just in that environment where all the all the sort of strange characters in this small town and how they interact with you the main character as well and is it is it a dream is it real what's going on that yeah. sort of vibe as well it's very interesting uh, can i read you a quote from the top of the game hell yes Go. uh just while we're talking about stephen king it opens with alan's voiceover saying stephen king once wrote that nightmares exist out of logic i'm doing a really bad accent by the way i know that <laughs> and there's a little fun to be had in explanations they're antithetical to the poetry of fear there you go. See, it opens with a Stephen King quote. Yeah, that was a pretty good Alan Wake impression as well. I think. That, thanks, thanks. I was and then, like, right there. Yeah, it pretty much like the opening of the game goes on to kind of explain the thesis of the game, which is everything will be unexpected and there will mm. be no answers. But that mystery is what's going to fuck with your mind. I think um, another one of the reasons yeah. it reminds it like. It is episodic in nature, and mm-hmm. in terms of like pacing and structure, it's it is like a TV show, isn't it? And uh, yeah, even, it's even really good credits. at telling you kind of where to stop and where to start almost. And it's so good if you are playing like Gem was at the time, and you're like, okay, you do a level and then you drop out for a bit. That ability to go in and say like previously on Alan yes. Wake, like a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. I love the the just overall structure of the game. And again, I think that's why it's stuck in my mind all those years. It's that, yeah, it is each episode feels like you've experienced a thing, like a contained thing, even though the story progresses throughout, obviously. But the fact that you get those little like previously on, as you said, and then at the end of each episode, you get the amazing uh, use of licensed time. music. 
So that's oh, something yeah, I course. love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Remedy do it so well because yeah. it's amazing in control as well. The way they they choose licensed music really well yeah. to enhance and support licensed music, but not for like huge artists either. Like from quite small artists that. Yeah, well, there's some huge artists. <laughs> I, can't re- I can't remember. You're gonna have to remind me. I- I've got the full list here. <laughs> full list. I'm a nerd, <laughs> everyone. I'm a nerd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the game ends with David Bowie, so. Oh yeah, some of course. Oh my yeah. God! There's right. be oh, it's only got some like mid, tiny little artists. Just a few a of you Roy might know of. No one's ever heard of him. Oh God, David. Nick Cave. No one's ever heard of him. I think because I was thinking about there's a particular song, isn't there? That's like the main theme. Which what is what song is that? Oh God, the main theme. Yeah, Do you mean Alan, the one that the Alan type? Alan Wake is shining a he torch in your eyes. <laughs> he can't run very far without losing his breath. Oh God, he gets that, tired. that is literally the most frustrating <laughs> thing about this game. Stamina, Alan. It's because he's got so many layers on. He's got like he's obviously got a t-shirt, then a hoodie, hoodie. then like a blazer. Never jacket. Oh no, it's a blazer. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it looks it looks down power at Cauldron Lake though. You needs to wrap up. Yeah. And he's got boot cut jeans. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely really, bit of really lovely bit of boot cut. What kind of shoes has he got on? I think they're those kinds of got a on there. <laughs> no, they're those like it was a sort of mid noughties thing, I think. Those kind of halfway between a cowboy boot and a winkle picker. <laughs> he's not got the shoes. He's not <laughs> got the shoes for running. I honestly think is it like a Chelsea boot? Is that Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing, but that's sort of like slight Cowboy boot from I've definitely not quite a definitely boot. went through a Chelsea boot phase. And he's quite often in a he's quite often in like a forest or a or a woods. Yeah, you're gonna step in yeah. a puddle with them. They're gonna get cakes in mud. He's, yeah, okay. He's gonna need a new Imagine pair the after rising this damp over. on the jeans. Mm. <laughs> not nice. So <laughs> apparently the song is "War" by Poets of the Fall, who are a Finnish rock band. I think that was the song I was thinking oh, yeah. of. Because um, uh, Remedy are a Finnish studio. Yeah. That's right, yeah. But that makes sense. That makes Remedy sense. are really good at doing like a cinematic production. Like, um, it's unfortunate that I don't know any of the, the big like director names behind it, but there's few people that do it quite as well in gaming, with the obvious exception, like Hideo Kojima is like a named like, you know, author, like mm. creator, does a lot of like, it is kind of like him showing you the music. Like, oh, look at this band that you might not have heard oh, of yeah. that I really like. Because like, Death Stranding yeah. is all like that, isn't it? It's a lot of like, Death hey, Str- this band I really like. I mean, look at this music that that's from this. Low roar, um, wasn't it? Yeah, that they were. Yeah. So and the same, I the same is true of Alan Wake here. So it's mainly written yeah, by and- Sam, Sam Lake, um, who I think wrote this, and he was involved in Control as well. So he wrote both of the Max Payne games, and you'll probably recognise because his face was used for the Max Payne model. In, oh, it's in, the Max Payne face. It's the oh, Max Payne face, dude. I didn't yeah. Know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. They've done a like you. They did a video like that when Max Payne had its like twentieth or thirtieth anniversary. It's that old, but um, he can still do the face, and he was going around showing the officer. Look, found this leather jacket in the in the cupboard. Where is this? Where is this one that he's come up now? That's the only thing that ever jars me about the shared connective universe of these games. Because, like you, Ben, I was a Max Payne fan. Which Max brought, gets uh, a mention in the get in Alloway. Does doesn't he? Now, He's what context in does the he hotel. mention? Max He's Payne is in the, in the hotel. hotel. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. They have a shared universe. Um, yeah, know, he, I, I he just calls him Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the 
like after Alice has gone missing and oh. he's got to find somewhere to stay and he goes to like the visitor center and chats to the owner gets keys whatever he's like oh no Max is that's staying cool. in this room or something yeah. I can't remember so exactly. Max is staying there but that's the only thing that jars you about the characters I was going to say is that Alan Wake is an actual writer but Max Payne throws out metaphors far more than the actual <laughs> writer. You, I, I played the other week because um, you can just pick them up on PlayStation. But um, And Max Payne 3 just became backwards compatible on the Xbox now, so I might play that again because oh, Max really? Payne 3 is massively underrated. But well, um, Maybe I'll go back and play it as oh, well yeah. then. If but the first, the first Max Payne, like it literally opens with him like, I was hotter than the devil's arsehole on the on the hottest <laughs> on the last Friday in August. Doesn't like it's really, it's yeah. yeah, and it's also curry night. Like he's really he's metaphors for days. Is oh God. is Max Payne? Yeah, um, I think that I do think there is a lot of that in there, but a lot of the secondary characters use it. Like in the opening prologue, the first taken, the first kind of antagonistic force you meet. He like he tell like he basically has a go at him and says he's Alan, you've got a god complex. Like you you think you could use our lives to create your dramas to sell your books, and then and then when he's about to try and kill him, he goes, "You missed your deadline." Oh, yeah. <laughs> All like, throwing him out there. I love so it. Funny. I love it. It's just so funny. And the, yeah, there's Alan there's Waco. a few secondary characters that are really funny and got some great one-liners mm. in this. They do some great like building, and you actually feel sorry when people get like got by the darkness or they're they're taken out of it. I played this game like probably the a same the same time that Gem did quite soon after it came out. Mm. Um, I had an Xbox 360, and um, at the time my wife was working a job that involved night shifts. So whenever she was on a night oh, shift, gosh. that was because I don't really watch and I haven't for years. TV and stuff like that tends to be on if there's more if there's more of us about. But any night that it's just me, I would always like play a game over watch anything on TV. So that Alan Wake was one for my wife's night shifts. Like she had like a week or so of nights, and I literally just did a couple of chapters a night and played through it in a week. And it was like sitting and watching my stories, yeah, getting through my, getting through my Alan Wake. Um, yeah, and it, and it being episodic oh. was really nice, and it is really like a compelling thing because when you get to that point, it's like Netflix. I guess Netflix was still posting people DVDs in 2010, but yeah. it was a bit like the binging of Netflix now, where it's like next time, and I'll wake, and I was like, "Time is it? Are you gonna <laughs> play one more? Probably do one more. <laughs> probably do one more chapter. Yeah, they're deceptively long as well. I think apart from the prologue and the and the last chapter, like they're deceptively long. Like you think, oh, I've done it. Oh no, I haven't. A whole other section. Um, but I like how each chapter is also revolves around a night. I think there's only mm -hmm. one chapter. Uh, I keep calling it chapter. Sorry, episode. Um, I think there's only one episode where you get a bit of day and then it goes back into night while while you're still in that same episode. But I like that that like you're playing it within the night and the story happens within the night yeah, and you're like the daytime is it's just you kind of getting up to speed with bright falls and like what are the citizens of bright falls up to and what is going on and what is the truth like i love i love how they split the kind of the action and survival to be purely in the evening and all of the sort of being enlightened <laughs> to sort of happen more in the daylight and like so it's a yeah. really like nice it does it's nice a nice stuff. game balance as well it does some nice stuff in the mm. story as well to kind of make sense of why alan wake has to stay in bright falls um and not just like get the hell out of there or you know 
it 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 makes sense it doesn't doesn't sort of drop any drop anything in where you're like this doesn't quite flow for me so i think the flow of the game is really good yeah um, do you want to just give it like a nutshell of the story yeah yeah so yeah, um, alan wake he is a best-selling crime fiction author he's suffering from a two-year stretch of writer's block uh, and he and his wife alice travel to the small mountain town of bright falls for a short vacation uh i think on the advice of barry's agent Ba- uh, sorry, Alan's agent Barry. Yeah, um, love Barry. Not come out. Love Barry. Yeah. So not long after they arrive, Alice. So he has it's like a prolonged nightmare with like shadowy figures trying to kill him, and it ends up with Alice going missing. Um, obviously the story is far more uh, complex than that as well. But in terms mm. of that, that is sort of like the basics of it. Um, yeah. So there's two kind of like problem threads. One is what the fuck is going on. Um, and then there's also like, is my wife missing or dead? And and they play around with what's real for quite a long yeah. part of the game, which I, I think is really smart because there's a as a gamer like you're in terms of the narrative, you're like you think you know what's going on, and mm. then you get into the next episode and you're like, oh, is Alan just crazy? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> is he an unreliable narrator? Are we, exactly what what perce- say, yeah. Yeah. Are we just seeing what he perceives? And we're kind of following him along with this madness that we've got and we were talking about this just before like i know there's a big angle with sometimes you get a protagonist in a game who are looking at you popular character ethan winters like a little bit a little oh, bit yeah, like i might have a, slagged off ethan winters before we started no, the like he's, no, he's, no, he's no chris or jill he's certainly exactly. not another barry like they've no. done it's an it's an angle where you have a character who they they don't really do much there's not much about them because you're you're encouraging your player especially in first person stuff to project upon them and it's their it, their experience i quite like a character that you are following as this story you don't necessarily have to role play as them i'm not playing mass effect and it's my yeah, version exactly. of that character yeah i'm following the story of this character and i'm i'm doing the things that they would do yeah, uh, and I, I'm watching a story unfold, and we said it just before we started recording with Gemma. I like, I like that Alan Wake is not—he's not terrible, but he's a bit of an asshole. He's a bit of a twat. Let's face yeah. it, he's a bit of a twat, but he's a sort of lovable twat. And he's like, <laughs> it, it's kind this of kind of yeah. He doubts himself constantly, and I think there's what there isn't about Alan Wake while you're playing with as him with him that sounded weird uh as as him during the game you kind of are playing with him he's there a lot he's along for the ride okay yeah he didn't he didn't do it but um as you you playing alan like you're <laughs> oh no you <laughs> um, <laughs> but you learn that he's like he's posited as being a bit arrogant at the top of the game and you that's just from secondary characters information but as you play him because of the the high stakes very early on in the game you do just get him regretting stuff uh thinking he's made bad decisions hating on himself like doubting himself and also having to tell lies really early on in the game which is is quite a kind of good narrative device if you were watching a film or reading a, a book it's a character that has to tell lies within their world to survive to characters that they need to help them is a really good device because mm. then you've got multi layers of that character. And like from the first episode onwards, he's having to choose 
who he's lying to and who he's telling the truth to. So like the the local sheriff, Sarah, he lies to her initially. Oh yeah, everything's fine. Da, 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 da. But later she becomes an ally and she's in on mm. it. But it's just really interesting that you've got all this jeopardy, but also this kind of moral conundrums of Alan. Like, am I mad? Did I do this? <laughs> it feels who like- Who is this Thomas Brake? Is it me? Like, because <laughs> there's another writer whose work he comes across, but yeah, yeah. very merged in with his own story. And then it's it becomes this kind of psychological muddle between them. Like, are they the same person? Is one it helping the like other? It feels like he doesn't help himself there for a lot of these scenarios. I'm almost like- uh, especially at the beginning there, Alan, for God's sake. I think at the very beginning as well you are kind of and it builds as time goes on you're experiencing how that person would be through the life that they've had even and you do see it there are elements that come into flashbacks and things later on yeah I think it's a fairly good representation of how it how it ends up if you are like this because he's a very famous horror very author famous. right you like he's meant to be like Stephen King famous like yeah. people have his People have his cutout at the thing. Yeah, so all the cutout. You've got to yeah. be a certain level of famous to have a cardboard cutter in yourself, you know. <laughs> the cardboard cutter is like because a char- character in itself. It, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about that more when when we talk about Barry. But I think, yeah, Alan himself. You're right. It's really interesting playing a game where your character is famous and like the girl in the diner's got a crush on you, and everyone's trying oh, yeah. to. The guy in the local radio show is trying to get an interview with you, and. And then the the uh, the police uh, is he an FBI guy because he's not the sheriff. Can't remember his name. Nightingale. Oh, he yeah. um he's just got like a vendetta against you because he thinks you're just a taking twat. down this big guy from the big city. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I love and he's great. Nightingale. He calls him um, Dan Brown. He calls him. Uh, oh, what's the other one? He calls. He calls him like various other authors. James Joyce. Oh, <laughs> he's like, shut up, James Joyce. Reckon he's in the car before he meets him. Like, what shall I call him? Get you, R.L. Stein. Yeah. Yeah, I think he says something like, "Calm down, Dan Brown." At some point, it's very. Oh, funny. he rhymes as well. What yeah. A- that's what I mean the secondary characters are really good but yeah and he's like he hates him because he's this famous guy from New York and thinks he's better than everyone else yeah Um, and that's how you end up I think like he's this hugely famous the hugely famous character who is suffering what is you know to people who have like terrible problems in life probably a minor thing like he's a famous writer who's suffering with a writer's block yeah but and the, all these people have these expect expectations of yeah. him and like people don't really understand what the what what the challenge is and like he he can be a real 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 ass about it like yeah. when he's early on in the game when his they've gone to this retreat uh it's like the first few minutes right before anything really mm-hmm. kicks off where his wife has surprised him by bringing his typewriter along because she thinks it will help him to write being away and he absolutely loses his <laughs> yeah. imagine that you've just gone away for a lovely break and someone's and they brought your job with you ah. yeah he's like you don't understand alice <laughs> you don't understand me um it is funny and i think that What's really good about this is that at the end, um, in the final episode, you, where you get the flashback back to him sort of waking up from a really bad hangover. And oh, yeah. you get to see his kind of like, I think it's right at the end. And you get to see his really life with Alice it. is not peachy. Find the really sunglasses. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Find oh, the sunglasses and oh you're God. drunk and you've got to put sunglasses on. <laughs> like, Who's he but think like, he is, she's really writer. angry with him. 
they don't their relationship isn't good anymore and I think that's really good because then again you're like yeah I I buy that it's not just again sorry Ethan Winters it's not just hey, my wife hey, my poor wife um it's <laughs> or a baby sorry. or a baby Oh my baby! That's my baby! Oh, That's just leave it. Just leave the baby. Just chop my hands off. Yeah. Spoilers um, for Resident Evil Seven, sorry. but don't worry. His uh, his wife is in a cell the whole time, and his baby's immortal. Basically, you can chop that baby up. You It'll can come chop back. it up. You can chop Ethan up. I mean, so the baby's obviously yeah. inherited it off yeah. him. How many times does that man's hands get cut off? Yeah, um, <laughs> made of mold and is about as dynamic. But in Resident but Evil the Seven. Oh god, god! In Resident Evil Seven, him losing his hands is kind of like shocking. But in Resident Evil Eight, it's just happens so often. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's farcical. Yeah, it's yeah. really farcical. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is that you kind of get that him being desperate to find his wife is also like, did I do the thing yeah. wrong? Because he really doesn't know, and you don't know as no. a player. Like he kind of he seems to blame himself. Did he drive into a lake and kill his wife? Because yeah. you don't know. At one point, you're told she drowned and. All of this is a hallucination based on his inability to cope. Oh, like we'll get to DLC later, but reality in the DLC, the story DLC to these games gets absolutely bananas. <laughs> absolutely cr like crackers. It goes wild. And the, the follow on, not sequel, or is it, is, is wild. I can't wait to see what they do with the next one, but. Yeah, yeah so there, I, I'm kind of hoping they use the base game as the jumping off point rather than taking into account all the DLC though. Yeah. I oh, I think you could you could get away yeah. with it. I don't I don't think it changes the I don't think it changes the ending. And American Nightmares, the the, DL, the game is just oh, there's the there's like the horde mode, which is just nothing, but there is a story to it, which is basically might as well touch on it now. You know the TV show that's on as you go round. Um, Nightfalls. Yeah, Nightfalls. Yeah. You're oh, in an episode of Nightfalls. You're in like a time loop episode of oh, Nightfalls, okay. fighting yeah. Mr. Scratch, who will come to later. And it's about, and it it kind of ends with him beating Mr. Scratch, but then it being, is that just a dream that Barry is having? So it's not it's not a sequel. It's just like a oh, little yeah. little taste of Alan Wake for you. A little, little, little smatter. Right, yeah, but but is it Barry's dream? Yeah, but is it Barry's dream? But it's or is it that he's in his own TV program? Because we get into a lot about the, mm. we get a lot into this game as it goes through, and as reality begins to fall apart a little bit, it's a lot about the creative process and him as a writer yeah. influencing what the world looks like. And I guess this comes to one of our mechanics here. Did you guys enjoy the pages of the manuscript? Did you find that you were seeking those out? I did. I liked collecting them and at the end of an episode listen to them all back. Yeah. I I did it. I enjoy collectibles, but I definitely didn't collect anywhere near all of them, I don't think. I think um, there are some of them that only turn up if you play on like the most obscene nightmare. difficulty. Oh, God. Yeah, so there's a couple that you have to complete you can only play nightmare if you complete the game and then okay. you play nightmare. Yeah, D just I mean, you can. I might really one want to day, punish yourself. But I, I just there's there's so much of the game that I'm like I could do that on nightmare, and then there's key bits which we'll get into when we talk more about gameplay. That I'm like, just why? Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. Why would I suffer? And it is those bits where you get bottlenecked, yeah. and it's just like oh, survive here for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. That, 
That is annoying. Um, and uh, yeah, but before we move on from talking about Alan, um, I just wanted to ask you both what you thought of the remaster on the way he looks and what the way everyone looks and the textures and things. Because, like for me, um, Alan's really hot. Goddamn! Um, <laughs> now you can see his face, and yeah. do you know what? I liked him even more. There we go. <laughs> nice, I can't even remember what he's he looked nice, like in the original. He's got a nice salt and pepper charm, oh, isn't he, Tim? He's he's not quite nice. distinguished. I like his stubble, um, little bit of stubble. I like his yeah. I like his jacket. He looks like a nice man that you might see just having a having a coffee. Oh, and he also is quite handy. He's got a torch. Yeah, if you look at them side by side, if you haven't seen oh, the side yeah. by side, it's um it's quite some I mean it's really amazing and like massive hats off to the team that have they've really this. they've really upscaled it recently like i haven't played the old one for many years so like i'm kind of suffering from the fact that playing alan wake remastered it's basically like my memory of alan wake because obviously at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. the xbox 360 was really new and everything looked great so it was like that's that's what this game looks like and it isn't if you go back like a, the the version of max Payne you can get on the playstation is not a HD. It's not a remake. It's it's original two thousand and whatever early two thousands yeah. Max Payne playing on a thing, and it is <laughs> yeah, it is it is rough. I mean, um, with with Alan Wake remastered, even though I didn't play the original, you can still tell that it feels pretty much the same as what a game from that obviously tweaked a bit, yeah. but not. It's not like completely mo modernized with gameplay mechanics. It still feels. A little bit like a game that is 12 years I think old the thing that i hear the thing i feel from it and it isn't graphical because i think the textures and the visuals on the people have been and the the game is based around lighting so they always wanted to do that very yeah, well that is really good um the for me the thing that makes it feel like a 12 year old game is i guess the positioning of the model in space like sometimes i do feel like he's kind of like Alan as a as a player sprite or or as an active entity is kind of dropped into the physics of the world and you know sometimes you can feel your eyes skating on them a little bit like he glides across what might be quite difficult terrain sometimes mm -hmm. or sometimes you'll run into a hidden wall and it's like well as a human I could squeeze through that but I'm not supposed to so I'm not so it, it isn't going to work like that so, but apart from that like I I really enjoy it like so I think it looks great Apparently, yeah. Remedy said that a remaster was the better route than a remake by maintaining the core gameplay and narrative elements of the game, but improving the visuals for newer game systems. So essentially, they didn't change many parts of the gameplay no. because there, that would have led to major redesign issues. So they, yeah. so they didn't go yeah. that route. And think about it from all cutscenes were obviously remade. Um, I think don't know about it was... from like a like a financial point of view, like. I don't think I need to hear this from the directors, like direct, like straight up from their mouths, but it's quite obvious that if this is a smart way to get Alan Wake back out on modern consoles, yeah. it is a, um, it's not a full price release, right? I, I picked it up around Christmas no. for like 15 quid. It wasn't yeah, much. I think on release it was like 25 99 or something yeah. like that. So, so it's, it's, it come, it's come out as a low price. I think it's a very nice strategic move to get this on People who are hardcore PlayStation owners who only ever had Sony machines, mm -hmm. they will get the chance to to play it. Yeah. Um, people who like people like me who had it on the original Xbox will go back and do it again. And hot on the heels of this coming out and it getting no some nice reviews, the sequel's coming out, and that's <laughs> yeah. what you need. Like 
this is this is your marketing for a sequel you get people into it you end it with that um you end it with a cliffhanger and people will come back for your for your second one um and the marketing has happened for six months you're building that anticipation for your sequel yeah whereas i think if you just drop the sequel your playstation (laughs) owners will be like I never played the original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really good. And it's really clever how they've weaved it into the control universe as well. Oh, yeah. And off the back of control being so like well received, lots of critical acclaim for that game. Lots of people have played it. Um, so I think that it's really mm. smart that then they dropped in DLC that includes Alan Wake as part of that universe. And then it's like, oh, Remedy are doing exciting stuff. Oh, Alan Wake remastered, exactly how you <laughs> said. And they're like, oh yeah, let's play a bit of that. That's oh, well, Alan Wake 2. Oh, can't get enough. So Alan Wake 2 oh. is being released in 2023. And although Alan Wake, uh, the original, was kind of described as a f- sort of thriller mystery yeah, game. Yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah. The- because they've backpedaled so, on what the game is. But now they're officially calling um, yeah. Alan Wake 2 a survival horror game. And yeah. when, when it was announced, Sam Lake on... I can't remember when it was announced. Was it... It was some kind of event, wasn't it? Like It uh, was at... Game, uh, game Awards. It was it might game, be Awards. game Awards, yeah. Yeah, he said, oh, the original is a mystery thriller, but this one we're definitely going to be... is definitely going to be a survival horror game. But it feels very survival horror to it, me. It, it is. It is. I think it? this is someone saying... Um, oh, you think that's a chicken? That ain't no chicken. That's an egg. Here's our version of a chicken. What like, I feel like I, Exactly. But I feel like that, that it's very much like you look at that and you're like, and again, I've just played Resident Evil 7, which I is mean, a survival exactly. horror. And I'm like, there is actually probably more action in parts of Resident yeah. Evil 7 than there is Scars- in Alan Wake. Scarce resources. That's there yes. in, in abundance, um, Alan Wake. In abundance. Um, yeah. The horror uh, themes are throughout it. And he tells you throughout the entire game that his story is a horror story. Yeah. He literally yeah. says those words again and again and throughout un- the game. Unlike a Resident Evil game, about halfway through, Alan Wake doesn't get like a grenade launcher and a magnum. Yeah, and exactly. Like he is never, he is never as well equipped as any Resident Evil protagonist to deal with deal with horrible ghoulies. He has Energizer branded batteries for his torch, yep. not anymore. In the remaster, they are generic store brand batteries. Absolutely um, pisses through. Oh yeah, they took off the well. branding, Jesus. didn't they? Yeah, he's got he's got thermoses, he's got thermoses of coffee. Yeah. Because he has he's a That's guy who likes a late night. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the best I would say the best weapon in the game is if you get a flyer gun. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah 100%. that's right. But really, what I love about him, why I think it is a survival horror game, sorry, sorry Remedy, no shade, but um, I know what you're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, you're, you, it, actually, your best strategic weapon a lot of the time is dodge. Yeah. And the dodge yeah. is so important to the gameplay in oh, this. 100%. And, the amount and of also, I love that he slow-mo. can't run. Yeah, he it's can't. the bootcut yeah, jeans. Cinematic slow mo. It's the bootcut jeans. Have you ever tried to run in bootcut jeans? I mean, I don't know if I've ever owned a pair. But... Waterlogged oh. bootcut jeans. You're gonna <laughs> run in his bootcut jeans and his and his uh, boots that he's got. He's gonna get that plantar fasciitis. Oh, he's not gonna oh, be. Yeah. He's gonna oh, be yeah. aching Foot tomorrow. Rock. Oh God, oh, nasty. Jesus. Yeah, but, um, but... The, the the only thing missing is like blood and gore. I guess from what you would say is a traditional sort of horror game. But, but I'd but... say this is more old school because yeah. it's got all of the the stuff on the TV. The Nightfall stuff is very Twilight Zone. So it's mm. very it's very much leaning into that sort of um, 
uh, psychological, sort of, not psychological horror, like um, supernatural horror. Yeah. I'd say. Supernatural um, and so psychological, really, isn't yeah. it? Really you can't, yeah. You can't necessarily fight the things that you're facing. It's not like this, oh, Bumanel, that guy's grown a few extra arms and is trying to get me. He's coming at the ceiling. There's a, there's a tyrant here. These are, like, you, even towards the end, there's never a clear you know a clear confirmation as to what exactly is causing it it's a little it's like supernatural or yeah. so is it, is it a mental thing in your mind so the main threat is there's this stuff called the darkness which is mm -hmm. taking over humans it says here and animals objects. and objects and objects yeah, yeah. oh yeah and so animals yeah yep. these, crows oh yeah crows these yeah, enemies yeah, are dubbed uh the taken so they're like yeah. murderous shadows that attack uh, wake they've usually got weapons that they like sling at you or stab you with yeah um and the big the bigger and scarier the more difficult to kill and the ways yeah. of you the way of you fighting these off is you've got a torch um you can upgrade the torch as well but it obviously goes through batteries and you shine that at the taken which eventually kind of like if the taken burns the darkness away from burns them, the darkness yeah, away, you've and got then to you burn the darkness off them. Then you can shoot them in the face, and then you can shoot. How you satisfied. can't do any damage to them. It's no. so good. How satisfied when you is... finally get the darkness <laughs> off. You're like, yeah, fuck you, boom in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> that when you I destroyed the last enemy, like in a in a sort of wave of enemies, and it yeah. and that enemy explodes in slow motion. Yeah, that is super super satisfying. And I love that. I love another thing that really leans into, you know, what you'd say is a survival horror is that you can't, you don't upgrade anything like in terms of crafting yeah. or f like making new weapons. Mm. And also at the beginning of every episode, you start with nothing. Mm. Oh, that, was frust that is frustrating though, isn't it? I the mean, end of the night, I goes, right, all this in the bin then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there. I've got all these great weapons and the, the darkness is still here, but chuck that shotgun yeah. away. Don't need that anymore. <laughs> yeah, no later. torch. Got to find it's, also, it's also <laughs> one of those games where you know shit's about to go down when you find a massive load of batteries, bullets yep. and stuff. You're yep. like, oh, what is coming oh, up next? Like being what in a first game person doesn't game? have that? What yeah, game doesn't have that? Like it's if the game's got any kind of combat, that is what always happens. Like, this is a boring corridor. Hang on a minute. Then you or like, or in a Resident Evil game. Oh, it's a save room. Some grenades in the save room. Yeah. And the first day it's spray. Don't trust yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. There's, there's something going around. Maybe the game's just yeah, they... being generous. Nope, oh, it's not. We should cut you some slack. You get no. There's going to be a boss in a minute. Yeah. Have you ever played um, the newer Wolfenstein games? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they they are because you get a lot of stuff and you're yeah. like, oh, this is a game just just filled floor to ceiling with ammo and you're like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna go off in the next <laughs> room. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, oh, ended up with full armor and health. What's around this gun? Oh. What's around this yeah, gun? Why, oh, why yeah. is there a gun attached to the floor? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. So he never has that. So I agree with you. No. I, I think this has always been, this is for me anyway, before anyone told me otherwise, um, it's been a horror franchise for me because of the the, the the content and the yeah. and the way it all comes together. It, and it yeah, is scary. It is, it is scary. It yeah. is. It really is. When you're surrounded um, and, think... and the odds are stacked against you, uh, it genuinely is scary because you don't feel like super overpowered. Like no. I would say that when the protagonist is so super overpowered is when it can start to feel less and less like a horror game. Um, but with yeah. this, mm. with this, you always feel a little bit 
behind the you're always you're always vulnerable even when you begin to know a bit of the nature of the evil and when you get more you know when you as a player get more comfortable you know when i'm quite when you're quite happy doing this little duck underneath yeah. the doing this little dodge and then like you're shining a torch at birds you know without thinking about it you get more skilled in that yeah but you never feel like right i am tooled up to the nines i have I've got, I've got this, yeah. I've got this locked down now. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. in for it. You've still just basically got the few things you've been able to scramble together. I think for me, the most disappointing thing that hasn't come in, mean, waiting 13 years for a sequel is one thing. Why can I not go to the shop and find a torch that I can put on extra hard in real life? Like, <laughs> tor- still torches that you buy are just on or off. Where is my... Look, I know this is going to burn my battery in 30 seconds, but right. I really need to look in, and I'm really looking for something in here. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Is there, are there power torches with like a boost? Torches with like That's a exist. mega. <laughs> what do you upgrade? Because you, um, you get a lantern, don't you? And then is that the... Yeah, you get a lantern. But it's not, it's just what you find, isn't it? And it's just like, you have choices sometimes to pick up a rifle instead of a shotgun or a shotgun instead of a rifle. And then you're like, I mean, I don't what know. are the enemy I'm types Always shotgun. Be? How always many shotgun. of each bullet do I have? Yeah. But then you've got a factor in reload speed and... <laughs> so like yeah I, I used to get stressed because i was like well i don't know what enemy types are coming up because yeah. initially as you said it's mostly the taken which are just they're resident and well, well, i quite like this actually they're like residents because yeah. depending on where you are is what they're wearing so at one point they're just like they're all wearing lum- lumberjack gear and then another point when you're in their kind of guest center they're like they look like kinds of um patrol officers and stuff like yeah. they've got uniforms on then there's police that get turned into taken later so I quite like that they're just normal people. They're not like powered, souped up monsters, but this, the darkness has given them the power. But They get got by the darkness and then the hero of the story shoots them in the head. <laughs> shoots them in the well, head. Guess... But, but does he? Because they don't, there's no Or do they just body. disappear, yeah. yeah. There's no corp, corporal, 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 corporal. Corporeal? Corporeal, it, it there we go. <laughs> it does. There's, corporal's an army thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of them may be army people. We don't know. There's no feel corporeal like... form, is what I was going to say. It doesn't feel like the kind of game world. of a body count, does it? You don't feel like when you're killing yeah. these people, you're going to snap out of it and there's going to be dozens and dozens of bodies with holes in their heads yeah. and stuff. You kind of feel like this is just, yeah. And in context collateral. of the game, like it makes sense that then a combine harvester can try and kill Oh my you. God. <laughs> Jeez, that, I mean, you talked about the dodge button before. I was yeah. mastering oh the dodge button and that yeah. bit. Should we talk about some of our favourite? Um, yeah, some of your some of your set game. pieces for sure. Yeah. Um, you, you go first, Gem. I know you have extensive notes. I, I mean, I've got lots of notes. Uh, I'll go chronologically. I'd say the first difficulty spike. There's a few where you're like, "Oh fuck, I haven't got anything." <laughs> yeah. And there's hordes and hordes of the taken. Um, is when you meet when you meet the the guy that said he's kidnapped your wife. And you have to defend a viewing platform up a hill oh, yeah. from hordes, and it's right—it's the first chapter of the game. And you're like, you—you're mm. lucky if you've got to that point with a few flares plus the flares that are in the box. I think want to save like, you want to save those flares for that because when they're all around you, they're the best thing. When you just pop a flare and the guy's like, oh, can out <laughs> bloody eight flares. Yeah, but it doesn't kill them. You just, yeah. it just no. staggers them. It, so I got to that point with basically no ammo. So I think I had six bullets and the two flares out of the little red box when you get there. 
And so I, every time I died, I had to repeat that section with six bullets and two flares or whatever. It's or maybe it was 12 A lot bullets. of those sections we've and got I was to like, an area. Oh my God, how am I going to do Bruh. this? <laughs> A lot of Sorry, those sections ben. when you've got to defend an area are tough. And depending on what you've really? got, yeah, that area where you defend that stage as well, when you... Oh, yeah. That's probably one of my favourite set pieces. That is one though. of my favourite. Because you can run around and set... You've got a little bit of health in that one because you can run around and set fireworks off, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that that's that's so good. And those characters are also great. Like yeah. the old... The old the, rockers. The twins, what are they called? Oh, I've written it down somewhere. Oh, yeah, you those two dudes, the, yeah. You see them in the diner originally. Uh, it's in episode, it's towards the end of episode four, isn't it? Where you meet the Andersons, that's it, the Anderson okay. twins. And you meet them in like the, the kind of residential home for yeah. troubled artists that you're convinced <laughs> that you're, you're a troubled artist and yeah. you've got to stay there. And they're like, oh, to get the truth, you've got to find this record this, or the the secrets at our farm and so you have to get all the way to the mm. farm and when you get there they've like set it up for like a big festival it's like <laughs> the pyramid stage at glastonbury but the bright falls version and there's just like fireworks going on like barry's operating the the fireworks i think and the lights that's and one of the bits where you actually feel like you you feel like you've actually won like that day of the when you finish that chapter it's like oh like it feels like alan Alan and friends win that particular yeah. exchange rather it's than just surviving so fun. it. Just re a really fun setting for a standoff, I'd say. Yeah. Really, really. And challenging really as well. Fun. I mean, it took me a, few, yes. a fair yeah, few yeah, goes yeah. to, to get through that bit. But yeah, the difficulty definitely starts ramping up fairly quickly, doesn't it, as well? after. Yeah, I found really that beginning bit and then uh, episode four for me was really I think I remember messaging you Ben and going oh I'm fucking stuck and it was the bit when you're trying to get out of the so you go you escape the the residential home for, for troubled artists um, <laughs> you escape that like you get past all the sort of poltergeist things and the objects trying to kill you and slam you against the wall and then you go through the maze which was also quite like tricky yeah, that was very tricky and then you, you fight the guy who stood on the weird little bandstand. <laughs> and then and then you come out and you're like, this must be the end. And then Barry's there and he's like, hey. And you're like, oh, thank God, Barry, you're here. And he's like, I can't find the key to it's the very gate, locked. dude. <laughs> that no, bit. Barry, oh, no, Oh, my God. And he's like, oh, I've got it. I've got it. No, it's a twig. And you're just fighting off boards. <laughs> And, and he's like dropping his keys on the floor and you're like fuck you barry that i love you but fuck you definitely a horror game especially with sections like that when you know you're just literally fighting for your life while someone yeah. fumbles for keys <laughs> keep, me, yeah. keep me honest because i've not finished the remaster is it oh, in sorry. is it in the um is it in the run of the original game or is it in the dlc when barry gets his like fairy lights costume so he's no, like it's in darkness the original game it's in um, probably my yeah. favourite chapter. It's in chapter five when there's a kind of team up with Sarah, the uh, local sheriff, and Barry. And it was like my favourite, having the supporting cast who I really grew to love at that point, sort of fighting alongside you or Barry just mostly running around and trying to turn lights on. And it's weird, like he's dressed like a Christmas tree. Yeah, and he's, he's I think he says... It's like the eye of Sauron at one point. Like he's got he's shining the spotlight around. He's got yeah. a headlight on. He's amazing. And I think it's also in that episode where Barry, oh no, it's the end of episode four, it, or part of episode four, where Barry gets out of the 
um, the residential home with the cardboard cutout and they're driving in the car. Barry and Alan and and Barry's got the cardboard cut out of Alan. He's like, yeah. oh, my name's Alan Way. I'm such a big writer. I'm so moody. No, no, no. It's just amazing. Right like, Barry is like even like that's what I think keeps keeps the film the whole the whole story and everything on track. Having a character who can be that that little bit yeah. lighter stops it just being like a terribly dour. Um, and it gives like a full on downer all the time, and it gives it a levity. And he genuinely is like a character yeah, that, he's despite so his flaws, he loves him. Yeah. The, the way Alan uh, interacts with him really gives him a different side to his human nature as well. I feel like absolutely because he, he kind of does like like very like he loves him. Yeah, he, he <laughs> aggravates him, but he loves him and he does care about him. And like when he phones him from the very beginning, it's like yes, yeah, hi, Barry. <laughs> he's like when he phones him right at the beginning. Do you, do you know what he says at the end of the call? Do you remember? It's like he tells him he loves him, right? Yeah, he's like, like love I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a bromance. Just, yeah, the original bromance. I think I love it. And you're right. It gives more texture to Alan's character. Like, and also Barry is just this great sort of supporting character. And I was thinking about it and I was like, is Barry my favourite non-playable character companion in a game? that isn't maybe oh, a kind of okay. guide type character. Cause I know you get some games where you've got a kind of yeah. guide type. Character. I'm not including those, but I mean like a regular companion that's yeah. not playable in a especially game. Like, like, I think in a Barry might game. be my favorite. If you're doing horror games, especially then I think it maybe it's just Barry's cause I also love Barry Burton from Resident Evil. <laughs> there we go. All, people call Barry. It's just Barry. Like the best. People call Barry. It's a great name. Cause most of the time yeah. sort of side characters and sort of, um, um, characters like that in in horror games, you kind of have to protect, or they're there to sort of serve a purpose. But with Barry, he's just yeah. along for the ride. Yeah, absolutely, and just adds the lols. And I really like Sarah as well. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, badass copper with your big gun, helping me shoot baddies in the town. Like I just, I just thought they were re yeah, really nice supporting characters. And the remastered really made Barry's puffer jacket absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the textures on those jackets. <laughs> HD puffer that, jacket. I wanted to squish my face into that puffer jacket. It, it just looks <laughs> delightful. And there's a bit in the right, I think it's right at the end or right of the, no, it's right at the beginning of the last um, episode when he like hugs Barry goodbye. And I was like, oh, a little tear rolled down my eye and then I was also like that puffer jacket must be so squishy <laughs> <laughs> so cozy so adorable and, and waterproof so adorable. as well what more could you yeah. want yeah. Oh, why he's, is he's Barry wearing shorts why is he wearing shorts you gotta let the ankles breathe you know I think shit. he's got the same I think he's got the same logic as my dad my dad is a big one of this we will go to Walton Towers or wherever as a kid and he'd be like I know it might rain or we might get on a log flume or something. Always wear my shorts because my legs will dry faster than jeans. <laughs> yeah, there is that point, but shorts and a puffer jacket. It He's doesn't keep, make sense. Keep keeping his organs warm. Once his legs to dry off, <laughs> though, he doesn't want to be like Alan and his boot cut with the, the rising damp. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so um, he's, he's on there. Um, what about the, you know, and I guess... Spoilers if anyone else hasn't done it yet. We'll touch maybe on some of the, the supernatural characters. What do you guys make of... What's the fella's name? The big Bioshock goodie light man. Tom? Oh, Tom. Okay, Thomas yeah. Zane. Thomas, Thomas Zane. Thomas Zane, the writer from the... Who died in the 70s when there was an underwater volcanic eruption under the lake where whatever island was there. I can't remember the name of the island. Cauldron Island or something. Um, 
and the island sank and he did with it um yeah that's like it's it's strange but i went when i went back and had a look at the beginning again earlier today i realized that the the first and second chapter do actually a lot of work to contextualize him but i think if you're playing it through for the first time you probably miss a lot of it i don't know he's what technically the found. first character that you meet right because he is the follow the light man from the nightmare yeah that's right? it in, yeah. in the beginning and then he comes and i guess he's the closest character that you get that actually offers any type of explanation as to the nature of the darkness and you meet him in something i think is a great concept the the room where there is no darkness that you meet in on the yeah. like the like the room where like it is light everywhere. Oh it's yeah. It's called the where is it? What is it called? That that room's got like a really cool name. Oh I can't remember now. I've written it down somewhere. No, but yeah he remember. he um he's he it says early on in the game that he was an avid diver. Um, and so that kind of links him to the lake and he was always on that island and then that that island got called Diver's Island after him and so that kind of contextualizes that weird diver suit but the diver suit is older than 70s it's kind of weird that it's like, yeah it's super it's like ancient. a really old school diving suit like with a big helmet where you'd walk yeah. along the seafood floor it's like a big it's... daddy from uh from Bayern yeah Bayern. yeah it looks like big daddy exactly but he's got I lights can't... Yeah, I kind of like that. And then I did wonder, because you meet him in in that form towards the end as a sort of a interactive vision. And then the end of the game is space oddity. So I'm like, wait, is there <laughs> even a question of sci-fi elements at yeah. work here? Like, because yeah. it does, although he's meant to be in a diving suit, it does feel a bit like it's leaning that way as well. Like it's yeah, really like sort of, yeah, is it science or is it like a supernatural element yeah. that he is like a character? Like he's become the kind of antithesis of the darkness, I guess, in this character yeah. that is all about the light and it guides Alan Wake through this thing. And yeah. it's about like the energy that it requires for, you know, to create reality, basically, which is why it targets these creative people like Alan Wake and why it creates our other kind of supernatural character. Um, Mr. Scratch, right? Who saves us on actors. Great. Um, <laughs> because we get like basically nega Alan, right? They're like an evil Alan Wake. Evil Alan. Yeah, Alan. that's great. Yeah, that's great. In the main game, that's just one bit, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, but I'm assuming that turns American, up again American in the DLC, nightmare. I think. Yeah. Mr. Scratch turns up in the the DLC, which is it all follows on from the from the ending which could not you know which could be a further dream it could be a thing but like when you get into the dlc you are find yourself like it's very much alan versus the mr scratch character mm. and you are more directly influencing reality like in the last piece of dlc which is called the writer um you literally are going through in some of your puzzles don't worry there's still there's still lots of the taken to fight but your your puzzle work is that there will be words like written um around there and you shine your light on the ones that you want to happen so you know there might be a bridge that's down and you shine the light on like the word bridge or repair and then the yeah. and then it all comes back back together and it's a lot about like influencing reality now you've kind of given up on the pretext following the ending that 
you are in a real world you're in like a strange dream or fictional universe that you're actually influencing through his through his work as a writer trying to overcome this Mr. Scratch character because it's kind of alluded to that whoever wins will be the one that gets to take over and at least yeah. says, well I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna leave you here wherever here is and then I'm gonna go out and I will be Alan I'll be Alan Wake now secretly me Mr. Scratch um yeah and they and you get a lot more of a I guess like a face to put to what the to what yeah. your, what the evil is I like that and I like that that's sort of thematically sort of really quite heavily linked into everything in terms of creation and forming characters and like basically finding your way through and and right at the top of this game even there's one of the first videos you watch um that's just like on a wall somewhere I can't remember or in, or in a hat in a cabin you come across there's like there's weird sort of scenes that you watch like with life at live action um, yeah, like not a live bright, action, not like the bright full stuff like just like weird sort of interrogations and stuff and one of them really early on is like this is a thought experiment the oh, many yeah. worlds interpretation and then they then they kind of articulate this sort of many worlds theory and then like the guy shoots himself <laughs> like, i don't even remember this and it's like am i gonna die here or in the other world like it's and i, I kind of like that that they've continued that through my years of punishing myself and just doing the, this on the hardest difficulty uh, beyond me because there are so many things to play now yeah I I generally start everything on normal I just yeah. feel like that's what it's been developed as and then yeah as yeah, long as you can switch it up <laughs> that yeah. is because if you can't yeah. then sometimes I get an opinion before I start I think most um, modern games allow you to switch the difficulty don't they sometimes yeah, they, sometimes the they punish you sometimes Resident they punish Evil you. 7 doesn't <laughs> but I, it was fine it was just one doesn't bit it? in that game that just no it doesn't um oh, I had a problem with one bit of it, that game and I was just like yeah. is this the game because if this is the game I don't I don't mm. want to play it I'm not having fun game. anymore uh, yeah, Jimmy you're just, a fan of a, yeah. a bit like of when you get patronized by a game where if you die on a bit, he goes, oh, do you want me to turn the difficulty down? It's hard for you, is it? Do you want me to make it I don't easy? mind. <laughs> I just played like a really sweet little puzzle adventure game on the Switch called Chicory, A Colourful Tale. And even in that, if you die, there's like a kind of weird boss fight. It's uh, it's a spoiler if I tell you what it's about, but it's, it's they're very chaotic and mad, but it will allow you, like, after you die, it will say, do you want us to give you more chances before you die? Okay. And that's really sweet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, do you know what? I don't mind. Like, I don't mind, because otherwise it will kick you back out Just to the beginning. Me. So there I'm like, go. yeah, okay, give me more chances so I don't have to do the whole stuff. You know, like boss fights, you've got a cycle of yeah. three things. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So, Devil May Cry yeah. is always the one for me. It's like, oh, do you want to... Uh... This game is a bit hard, it's isn't when it? it punishes you. It it's, when, it's when there's possibly a trophy for completing the game on that difficulty, and by dropping down, you've kind of ruined your chance Locked of yourself that out. trophy. I've, is... I've, I've, had stop, I've had to stop counting. I'm like, no, if something's too hard and it's like something that I'm just never going to finish, I may as well just get on the story. I already have terrible phobias mm. about about open world games just being too big to ever possibly oh enjoy as well. Yeah, you start getting agoraphobic. Yeah. Like the last Assassin's Creed game, I was like, I can't cope with the size of this map anymore. I have to yeah. stop playing. I just yeah. can't cope. There's no, there is no more. Which, <laughs> is, like, why, which uh, is why things like Alan Wake are great. Because it yeah. is just, 
Ah, oh, and like there is, if you want depth and if you want to scour every inch of this game, then go and find your coffee pots. You you crack on. But like front and center, all you really have to do is go and enjoy the narrative, like battle your way through. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, so obviously we've called this a game review. Are we gonna review it? Like give it, give <laughs> no, it a score? No, I was just about to say, should we should we because we've we've quite kind of been pretty positive about the game. Um and yeah, like I maybe it's all, worth Yeah. We're all big fans. I just of it. all I'd say is like the only thing playing now that annoyed me about the game was just that it's a ten year old game. And so mm. some of the mechanics are just not Yeah. It's a 10-year-old game and, and well. it feels like one at times. Exactly. More, more so at other times than... than It's not like the same all the yeah. way through. But for example, but, yeah. a, f- a friend of mine's big into horror. I, I recommended him to play Alan Wake Remastered and he was just like, this just feels super, super old. And I said like, yeah, but you kind of got to take, take it. it <laughs> not is, your friend exactly. anymore then, right? You'd be like, well, uh, if, you, if you ask for my advice and I give it and you're going to throw it back in my face like yeah. that. I'm going to shine a torch <laughs> in your eyes and then... Whack up, whack up the power, <laughs> yeah. burn your retinas out your head. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, considering it was the first time I'd ever played it, it kind of lived up to that hype. Ten years yeah. worth of hype for me, where I was like, oh, I would like to play Alan Wake one day. Don't really want to buy an Xbox. How am I going to get a hold of it? So it was a blessing when Remaster- Remastered arrived. Yeah, and it's a really lovely length. It's mm. a really yeah. nice, and I think, as as you said, Andy, like, the, the just stress about a, ba- a game getting too big. It's just like, it's, oh, yeah. you have to make decisions. I mean, did I see Ben that you've just got um, the New Horizon game? I yeah. feel like I saw you post yeah. it. Yeah, so I got that like it, yesterday. It's an investment of a lot I of know. time. Yeah. <laughs> I've luckily I managed. I just want more 12 hour games. Yeah. More 12 oh hour God. games. Yes, I timed. I timed finishing everything in Days Gone like just as I bought this one because the fact two open world games crossing over, I wouldn't have been uh, able to, to do it. But yeah, you can't even like. I, I wish there was an option on these open world games just to say like, because I know that's why I don't. That's why I've like steered away from some of them because if they're on the map, I will do it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm the mug that got all a hundred feathers in Assassin's Creed Two. Like, <laughs> I, like, I, like, oh, it wasn't a map for him even then, it's I, the and it wasn't worst. even that big then. Like, no. like now you, like, would... it's yeah, it's terrible. Like, and I don't like. You're right. More more 12 hour games because when something's on the box and it's like it's not like the years of final fantasy 7 where it was like on the back of that box over 100 hours because it was only a few games that did that it's like over 100 hours wow what what money's worth i'm a teenager i can only afford Mm -hmm. a couple of games a year this is going to be great now it's like like several big tentpole franchises on the shelves it's like over 300 hours yeah I could learn a or language. Like the new Dying Light, <laughs> Dying Light Two, five hundred hours of gameplay. Why? Why? <laughs> it's just too much. What I like <laughs> as well is when you finish a game, the credits roll, and that's it. You can t- yeah. you can forget about it, you know, until you want to pick up and play it again. All the new game plus stuff where you're like, go back in and do all the bits you missed. I like it when a story based game just allows you to just leave it at that. I'm finished. Yeah. There we go. I don't need to go back to that now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and sure, there's DLC. I'm not that bothered. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like the story needs it. But if you want to dip into it, obviously, as Andy's pointed out, it adds layers to maybe what's happening, maybe what's not happening. But I feel like this kind of self-contained game, good digestible length, just it leaves you feeling like you've achieved something. It yeah. doesn't leave you like you're feeling like, 
oh maybe i should have gone back in for yeah. those side missions yeah. like no. oh maybe i, I exactly should have chosen mean. that other way route of something yeah it's just yeah. i think and it's I... got big tv show like it's like got big tv series like energy about it isn't it like cause you feel that you've done it and then we can have conversations like we've just had where it's like oh yeah. and like do you see that bit and like you enjoy this scene and oh what do you think they're going to do with this sequel like it's it's fun mm. They should just make Bright Falls into a TV show. That would be like amazing, have an yeah. adjacent TV show rather than Alan Wake the show. But I always worry about video game adaptations. I know some are maybe slightly getting better, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm always a bit like did, nervous. Did you hear the news about the Fallout TV show this week? Yeah. So, old Wally Goggs. Oh, Wally Goggs. Yeah. So a lead, uh, the lead character in it is going to be a ghoul, right? That's interesting. Oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here yeah. for it. And they've announced they're going to do, do a, it. a Netflix. They're going to do a Netflix movie of Bioshock, right? Although, yeah, my faith has been a little bit like, well, it's always up and down with video game movies. And we're talking about this on a mm. on a horror centric podcast of all things. Resident Evil. Oh, how many was, do they want to make? But, yeah, Resident Evil kind of let me down with Welcome to Raccoon City. No, um, it wasn't good. No, and I ha- I didn't watch it at the cinema. I saw it on Netflix just uh, yeah. over Christmas. You know what? Sonic was dead good. <laughs> I, oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. Sonic's um, banging. Yeah, it I, I is like... a difficult one, isn't it? Because we've all seen like properties we like just get fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> they try and turn them into things, but at the same time, the odd one. Yeah, I think through. now I think now people get like it's I think now we're in an era where people making video game movies are people who grew up enjoying those games rather than people who were in the film industry that were given the property to work with cynically. I mean, it worked with Mortal Kombat, obviously. That's absolute gold. Not the new one, the old one. But, um... Mortal Kombat 1, is, like the first one, yeah. is one of my faves. But oh, I don't, I don't know if it's holds up for me. I haven't seen it for a long time. Oh, I watched great. it a lot. Xbox gave it away when um, MK11 came out. Like Xbox just said, oh, free download for the Mortal Kombat film. It's yours now. Uh, and I sat what, and watched what's the it. What's the line when he when he, he smashes his sunglasses and he's like, "That's a six hundred uh, yeah, there's a five hundred guys or whatever it was." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he kicks him off the cliff. Oh, oh anyway, Johnny we Cage. have segued massively. Yeah, we should we should review. Ben, do you want to do you want to give it a letter score like you normally would? Yeah, or... I don't know. I don't know how we do segues this. Segways are what this podcast has come to be about. It would seem. That's what you're here all for. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so I think, considering I didn't play the original and I just played this one, I give this one. I give it an A. I think. I don't think I'd go. There's still some things that make it. It's not as good as an A plus for me. Um, like a perfect game, but. It's definitely up there. I enjoyed it. I, I I wanted to keep pursue sort of progressing with the game from chapter to chapter, episode to episode. Uh, I think that the story's great and sort of the bigger world it alludes to as well is good. Maybe just some of the mechanics, the fact that they're ten years old, it did feel a little yeah. bit sticky, if that's a correct word to describe. Sort of a bit had a few problems with it, and the difficulty spike definitely sort of took me by surprise a few times where i was like am i suddenly just shit at this game what's going on (laughs) (laughs) i'm dying over and over again but yeah i think i think i'd give it an a i think that's fair yeah yeah i'm gonna give it an a too uh for all the reasons you said and also i just absolutely love these characters Mm. and it's a narrative that's just stuck with me for a long time and even like and also we didn't even give a shout out to the sound work in this game and the music like the 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 licensed music like 
all the sound in this game is amazing and the music is out the score i mean is outstanding mm. so um yeah massive shout out for that as well i think you're right to extend that though jen like i think like ben recreated it when we were talking about shining the torch and things mm. think it's got really good clunky like the when you yeah like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 like the, like just the incidental sound and yeah. like the nice things like it's one of the most effective things about adding the panic to it is when you hit when you reload and you can reload faster if you tap the button quick yeah. to reload the gun <laughs> and you're trying to get the you know you're trying to redo your it's great like it, it's a great way to add yeah. the panic to it because you're Absolutely. ducking into those guys and reloading those guns it's fantastic work but and i just remembered as well did you notice that the menu um sounds like a typewriter yeah, it's so good. I love isn't it? that. Like, what lovely little details. Nice little details. <laughs> and that's what's great about the whole thing. And I'm going to join you guys on an A as well. Again, same thing. I think mechanically, has it been outdone in the 12 years since its release? Absolutely. Like, um, you know, by the same team that are behind it and, and lots mm, of other people mm. besides, it, it's for me, it's carried. Like, and I can overlook any of its any of its shortcomings mechanically, um, I can overlook in just how enjoyable and yeah. focused that narrative is and going through and the characters that you meet and the story that actually feels that you can wrap it up. I just I just really enjoy it. And I am delighted that we are getting more and I can't I can't wait to see what I they cannot wait, yeah. yeah. I can't wait very, to see what they, what they what they do with it. But yeah. There we go. Good Yay. times. I'm gonna carry on the remaster. I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. Yes, do. And I guess we we'd all chat. thoroughly <laughs> recommend this game, then, wouldn't we? To, yes, to go anybody. play it. Go play it. Like yeah. some, some would say, like if you want a critic, if you if you're the type of person that wants a straightforward horror experience, maybe there are elements of it that's, for want of a better term, a little bit wanky at times. But you know, that's what I'm here for. That's, <laughs> I love it. It's just I think, wanky I think just mentioning Twin Peaks at the top is like, if you like that vibe and you yeah. like your imagination being stretched, go with it. But you know in the you know in the prologue if you like the vibe. Like, that's what I'd say is really strong about the game. It, it says what it is straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And as we're here throwing ourselves on together, I need an incentive to play it. If I can persuade you to give me a reason to hurry up and finish Deadly Premonition, which is a big polarizing oh, yes. sort of David Lynch ha- thing, I would yeah. love to. An excuse to do it i don't have one for you so. no. well yeah get, get on no yeah i'm gonna get on the deadly premonition one of these days what? And i'm sorry it. what is that even i don't even know um youtube will be <laughs> able to explain it better is. than i can so it's a it's it's a, a bit of a cult one it's called deadly premonition it's got like big like twin peaks like lynchian vibes energy if alan wake is the western take on it that is okay. the eastern take on okay it. All yeah. right. Um, okay. But yeah, could be up my street. Take a take take a look, and if right. you don't look at it and go, "I'm never playing that," then we'll get together and we'll all play it and we'll talk Maybe about it. Compared to Heavy okay. Rain, a little bit, Deadly Premonition. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that kind of vibe. All yeah. right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So there we go. Mm. Uh, where can we find more of your stuff, Gem? Uh, well, uh, uh, you can follow all my acting stuff uh, on not. I'm just on Twitter and Instagram at Gem Carmella um and for my gaming takes and my podcast um look at my turn with an exclamation mark and we are on all of the podcasting platforms so all of the things and would love some more listens and shares and recommendations and 
five stars um because you know as you guys know it just really helps doesn't it when you're an independent podcaster listen back Um, to our episode that we did with my turn guys uh on about the movie doom i think that was like i looked recently it was like nine months ago so yeah i think it was like may or something wasn't it Time is meaningless now like it's just (laughs) yeah and then you came on and did resident evil village yeah. on our podcast of, yeah. around may so look, look at some point as well uh yes. be good to do more stuff like this um yeah, yeah get on and do some more to. get on and do some more gaming stuff i'd love yeah. to do more and if you ever want to come on and chat about a game that is not a horror game um so that you don't ha- you're not confined to talking about yeah. your pod- i mean as in you want to talk about it but your po- your podcast doesn't give you the yeah. platform to talk about it then <laughs> come on at my podcast oh, <laughs> we can it. talk and about it yeah and guys, we do board games and... as well by the way so i was gonna ask you you do you do all sorts right and you do tabletop you do escape rooms yeah oh, i love an escape room recommendation yeah no. oh where where are you based scotland now okay <laughs> maybe maybe i'll think about it and tell you come offline <laughs> yeah nice um, one Get on it. Get subscribed to um to my, my turn. podcast, guys. Get on it. Thank Sweet. You. Uh, thanks very much for listening to this uh, horror hangout bonus ode. Uh, Love see a you next. Bonus ode. <laughs> Love a good bonus ode. Uh, <laughs> see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.